Welcome to Live on Purpose Radio with Dr. Paul Jenkins, where you will hear inspiring stories of ordinary people doing extraordinary things. Feed your mind with a regular dose of positive energy and show up for your life every day on purpose. Living on purpose means that you have a purpose and you do it intentionally. And now, here's your host, Dr. Paul. Hello and welcome back to Live on Purpose Radio. This is Dr. Paul, the shrink who expands your life with another episode of Live on Purpose Radio. Joining me today is Kurt Mercadante. Kurt comes from an area of public relations, advertising. At least that's kind of the previous life for Kurt. And like many of my guests on the show, has been through some important transformative experiences that have helped him understand what it means to live on purpose. Welcome to the show today, Kurt. Dr. Paul, thank you so much for having me on. I I really look forward to this discussion. I am honored to have you here. As I've learned a little bit about your story, there are some very common elements that I see as, you know, we go through life, we, we pick a course, we're on track, at least we think we are. And you were doing that. You were in a very busy, very successful public relations and advertising career. Um, And then trying to figure out, okay, wait a minute. There's some other important things in my life. And sometimes our career, our chosen path, starts to feel like it's interfering with what our true purpose might be or what really brings us joy or meaning. And I don't want to, you know, read too much into that, but I was picking that up from your story. And I wondered if you'd just share with us a little bit about your journey as we get into this conversation. Sure. Yeah. Thank you. And thanks for asking. I, you know, I had a, um, my entire life, I grew up, my dad, I I was, I was raised sort of as an only child, all my siblings, half brothers and sisters, they were, uh, the closest was nine. And then the oldest is nine years older than me. And older than you. Uh-huh. Yeah, they, then the oldest is 21 years older than me, I believe. Oh, so wow. I was kind of raised as a as an only child. And my dad, to me, he was my superhero. He was my mentor. And for those familiar with Marvel and the Marvel cin- Cinematic Universe, you know, he, he yeah. was like a real-life Tony Stark. He uh, worked on the space program. He designed fighter jet technology. He led the team that designed all the electronic switches on the Boeing 777. And wow. so to him, to me, he was a superhero. And he and my mom both instilled a sense of, you know, don't mess with me. Don't take BS from people. Um, but you can do whatever it is you want to do in life. And um, so he was my hero. I grew up with that, that feeling that I was supposed to save the world. It kind of translated into, I'm going to be in politics. I'm going to go into politics when I was high school. And I ended mm-hmm. up going into politics and worked on, ran some political campaigns, some top tier campaigns. And I decided, worked at some trade associations. I had, I wanted to have my own business. I started my own PR and ad agency. I had four clients right off the bat, five years into it, making great money. And I was overwhelmed. I was frustrated. I wanted to give it up. Um, For a variety of business related reasons, I was able to gain my freedom back by firing half my clients, charging them more, doing those types of things. (laughs) So I gained freedom, but I didn't have fulfillment. And in 2012, my father passed away. He was my hero, my mentor. And, you know, I I described all those things he did in his career. And at his wake, there's these grown men, 80-year-old men, tears streaming down their eyes. Not a one person mentioned anything my dad did in his career. Husband, father, 
volunteering at the church, reading audiobooks for the blind. He was president of the local University of Notre Dame club. All these things. He had set this example. It was like a slap in my face. He set this great example. He had this incredible career, but it wasn't the most important thing to him. And more importantly, it wasn't what people remembered about him. And it's not about what other people say about you. And so then and there, I decided I'm going to make a change. I want to find the vision for my life. At the time, I didn't call it vision, didn't even know what the heck that was. Yeah. And around that time, people had started coming to me. Can you coach us? You've built successful businesses. You seem to have that freedom. And I was coaching them. And I realized that on the days I coached, and help these folks, I felt like I was saving the world. Whereas I didn't feel that way with my agency, but I was still scared making seven figures, nice house, cars. You know, my wife, I was having anxiety attacks at the time. Uh, I was 40 to 50 pounds heavier than I am now, prescription drugs, variety of things. And I felt guilty. I have this money. I'm doing what I was, what I'm supposed to do in quotes. Um, I'm the paycheck provider. I'm being responsible. Uh, and so I felt guilty. And so it kept building, building, building. And I had this four year plan. I'm going to ramp down the agency, but still making money. I'm going to ramp up coaching. And I woke up one day, it was a Thanksgiving week morning. I was supposed to have the week off. All my clients knew it. Didn't stop them from calling, emailing. Can you hop on this conference call? Can you send us that report? Can you email us on and on and on and on? And I woke up in the morning. I it felt like any other work day. The problem was it was a vacation day uh, and I decided there and then I'm done. And I went to my wife. This is peak revenue, seven figures, peak revenue. Everything's supposedly yeah. going great. And I went to my wife and I said, I'm done. And she looked at me. You know, of course I thought I'm hiding it well. She's going to be surprised. She looked me in the eye and she said, oh, it's about time. Oh, Wow. And that four-year plan turned into a four-week plan. I shut down my agency at peak revenue. I began coaching. I've now shifted into training, speaking. I'm now, as of September 24th, I'm a published author. Um, And my vision is to save the world by helping individuals fight for lives of freedom and fulfillment. Wow. Because you've been there. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Not about the dollar signs. You had those. Right. That didn't bring the fulfillment that you're talking about. That I think that really connects with, with a deeper sense of, of purpose. Uh, you threw out the word vision as well, and I'm curious what you've learned about that. Uh, talk to us about that transition because it, it takes guts to do this. There's reasons why we stay stuck where we are, Right. Yeah, you know, I call that, that being stuck. Henry David Thoreau, right, that the mass of men lead lives of quiet desperation. Quiet desperation. I call it a comfort zone of misery. It's this, it's more dangerous, I believe, than loud desperation. Because mm-hmm. when it's quiet, you can justify it. You can rationalize the 10 good minutes in your day. You look to those times, oh, well, I was happy last Tuesday. But, you know, fulfillment is different than happiness. Happiness can be pleasure-related. Happiness can be fleeting. When I was unfulfilled, I might have an anxiety attack on Tuesday, but Wednesday, we're sitting around the kitchen table telling jokes, and I'm happy. But then that, that ends, and then I go right back down. When you're fulfilled, stuff happens. People die. People get sick. You have sad days, but it's easier to bounce yeah. back. And so that comfort zone of misery, that quiet desperation can be more dangerous because you can justify it. It can go on for years. 
and the pain and the decibel level isn't to the point where it's like, I can't stand it anymore. It for me got that bad to where I got backed in a corner and I said, I'm done. And I jumped off the ship without a, a life preserver. Now, were there benefits to that? Yes. But I do what I do to help people start taking action to at least build a runway. And often the most difficult conversation we have is admitting it to ourselves, kind of saying it out loud, I'm not fulfilled, I need to make a change. That often is the most difficult part because you know once you say it out loud, it becomes real, then you got to deal with it. There's an interesting little twist here because I, I think our mind often goes to, well, but I've got it pretty good and I should be grateful for what I have which I'm a fan of gratitude until it gets in the way of creation and building something that has a greater, deeper meaning for you and for the people all around you who love you. That, and that, that admitting that I've got some, I call it discontent in my book, Kurt, where it's creative discontent. It's there for the purpose, not of saying, Hey, your life sucks. It's, It's for the purpose of saying your life, could be better and you've got the power to take it there. That can be terrifying as well. Oh, absolutely. I I interviewed yesterday on my podcast, Anthony Iannarino. He's one of the foremost sales experts in the country. And we talked about gratitude. We talked about the discontent. He calls it the drift. You know, you're drifting along, you're not happy. And by the time you realize it, you're 700 miles offshore, you know, and you know what you said about gratitude. I'm so happy that you said that because I think that a precursor to building that life you want is having an abundance mindset versus scarcity mindset. And there's a lot of people in our lives, in our society, I call them scarcity pimps. You know, they might be Uh, the the friends and the family who like, you go on a a fun trip, you go to Europe because you you worked hard, you made the money, and you're afraid of posting the pictures on Facebook because you know there's that relative who's going to be thinking, must be nice. Oh, and, and, and it's the envy. Mm. And, and a, those scarcity pimps in our lives, they kind of bastardize the term gratitude. Like, exactly as you said, right. gratitude's important, but a lot of time people twist it to use it as an excuse for uh, guilt and stagnation, which is why I always ah. urge people to, when they wake up in the morning, no matter what, you know, in your positive psychology, wake up in the morning, and ask yourself two questions. The first is what's awesome about today, right? There's the gratitude. The second question is, well, this is awesome, but this sucks, right? Instead of phrasing it that way, have the second question be, what will make today even more awesome? And so you pair the gratitude with a sense of forward-looking purpose. Right. You are spot on, Kurt, with the psychology behind creation. Think about an upgrade, for example. Okay. I got a, I got an iPhone six. <laughs> okay. This thing is awesome. It does more than my first seven computers could ever dream of doing. <laughs> and I want an upgrade. Right. Why would I want an upgrade if this is awesome? Well, the, the unseen truth here or the unnoticed truth is that we always could have something better than what we have. And why not? And if I give you the option, Kurt, you can have something better or, wait for it, 
something worse than what you've already got. Now, what do you want? <laughs> exactly. And staying the same is often equated with worse, not better. Right. Because we're getting older. I don't know if you've noticed. <laughs> we're all dying, right? <laughs> you got this beautiful white beard, Kurt. And that's <laughs> it, it, it goes one direction. So what do we want to do while we're here? And I think the power of your story is, hey, it can be awesome. That job in corporate America, that PR and advertising firm that's bringing in seven figures, and you could still seek an upgrade. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love that. Kurt, as we come in on this second half, could we dig into some of the practical steps that we might take if if that's our objective, if that's our intention. Absolutely, 100%. Sound good to you? Sounds awesome. great. Folks, this is Kurt Mercadante at Live On Purpose Radio, and we'll be right back. Do you dream of making a bigger difference more of the time? Have you thought about life coaching as something that you would like to offer If you are an influencer or a speaker or a leader or a coach, this webinar is for you. In this webinar, I'll share with you seven important clarities that are absolutely essential to setting up a successful life coaching practice. If you're ready to take some courageous steps to add life coaching to the services you offer your clients, register now at liveonpurpose.com dot coach forward slash webinar that's live on purpose dot coach dot com forward slash webinar welcome back Kurt Mercadante here at live on purpose radio today we're having a fascinating discussion and Kurt during the break you said something about kindred spirits yes It's interesting that you took the course you took. I took the course I took. We both are coming up with some of the same conclusions because I think it has to do with timeless principles. Yes. That help us to create and live a life that we love. You said a word earlier that's kind of ringing in my ears about freedom. Yes. And it goes right along with the fulfillment, but you decided to take some risky, maybe steps, some terrifying steps to achieve freedom. And I think we've all learned that freedom is not free. Right. So of course you're going to feel stretched to get there. You've compiled a book uh, that summarizes some of these principles that you've found. You call them five pillars. Yes. And I think that's a great direction we could go when we dig into some of the practical aspects of, okay, how do I purchase my freedom? How do I create and live a life that I love? Walk us through that a bit, would you? Yeah, yeah. You know, when you ask about freedom, I actually, so I have a shirt on today. It says, what does freedom mean to you? A lot of people ask me, you know, what do you do? 
What do you, yeah. well, I, I hate the term, what do you do for a living? Because often people just identify themselves. Oh, I, you know, did you come out of the womb with a job title? You know, I, I'm Jim, I'm a VP of sales. Forget that you're a husband, a father, a brother, a sister, a, you know, whatever. A living, breathing human being on the yes, planet. Exactly. Um, and freedom means something different to everyone. If, if A, you can't answer that question, you don't even know what it means to you, or B, you can't answer that question, but you can't even fathom because of fear, limiting beliefs, whatever it is, even fathom living that life, mm -hmm. then it might be a sign that you need to make a change or at least start moving toward there. Right. Freedom means something different to everyone. A lot of people ask me, you know, we, we started off talking about money and, you know, I had the money and I changed. I am a unabashed, unashamed, free market capitalist. But I look at money yes. much different than I used to. For 17 years, my wife and I got engaged at the fake Grand Canal at the Venetian in Las Vegas. Uh. And we vowed, well, we're going to go to the real Grand Canal. I was making lots of money, lots of money. Let's go. No, we can't. We need that next 5,000. We need that next 50,000 in the bank. Never went. I shut down my agency. My income goes down. Now it's going back up, but it goes down. Where do we go? Five weeks in Europe. Uh, it's that abundance mindset when you start realizing that money, it's not easy to renew, but it is renewable. Right. Time is not. And it's very, it, it, it's empowering a lot of people. You know, you talked about us dying and some people look at that as, well, that's down in the dumps. That's very macabre. No, it's very empowering. And it's, you know, a lot of people say carpe diem. I think it goes deeper than that. The, when you talk about the five pillars of the freedom lifestyle, I used to have 12 steps and we do this, we do that. I've distilled it after training hundreds of people down to five. The first pillar is unleashing your superpowers. I'm a Gallup certified strengths coach. Mm. And I used it to gain my freedom at the beginning. I was doing things in my weaknesses zone. Now, each and every human is born with these innate talents. They're those naturally recurring patterns of thought, feeling, and behavior. And when you productively apply them, you use them intentionally every day. You work them out like you work out a muscle at the gym. You turn them into strengths. I take it a step further. When you amplify those strengths on a regular basis, you combine them with your knowledge, your skills, your passion, what you love to do, your experience, your education. You turn them into superpowers. And we're all unique. And when we get into that superpower zone, hell, Gallup's been studying this for half a century. Mm -hmm. You're more profitable, better quality of life. Right. I explain this, you know, if you are a, uh, a right-handed batter in baseball and your manager said, well, this season, we're going to do something different. You're going to have to hit from the left-handed side of the plate for the season. Hmm. It's going to suck. It's not going to be as fun. Often we force ourselves or force people under us who work with us to hit from the left-handed side of the plate day in and day out. So unleashing your superpowers is using exactly what you, you don't ignore your weaknesses, but you manage them. In business, we outsource them, we delegate them. Sometimes you throw them in the trash. Um, so that's the first pillar is unleashing your superpowers. Wonderful. Acknowledge the weakness, but you're not going to spend all your time on that. You're going to really amplify, I love that word, those superpowers that you have and we all have them. Absolutely. Absolutely. Each and every person. And, you know, I'm a big Marvel fan. It's like, who is the leader? The guy without actual superpowers or cosmic powers. It was Tony Stark. He was creative. He was smart. He used his brain. You know, a lot of us would look at that. And if we were Tony Stark, we'd say, well, here we got Thor. We got Hulk. I'm yeah. just going to go home. I'm not even going to be a part of this. So, um, wow. I would love to hear what some of the others are as well. And we may have time to get to all of them. What's, yes. what's your yeah. second pillar? The second pillar is vision. 
And vision pairs your purpose for living with the impact you want to make on the world. It's having that clear guiding star. When not, life knocks you on your butt, without a guiding star, you get up, you dust yourself off. There's six paths. You take the wrong one. You're right back where you started. When you have that clear vision of where you want to go, you dust yourself back off. You keep moving in that direction. That's what gives you the, the direction. And I, I like to think about this sometimes as direction, not destination. Don't beat yourself up because you're not there. Get clear about where you're going. Absolutely. And then you take those next steps. Yep. So just definitely. really quickly, not to get us off track. Yeah, no. Sometimes when I'm hiking, I run into switchbacks. Yep. Because if you go straight to the summit, it, it, it's almost impossible to do that because of the terrain or some, some peaks, it's the altitude. It'll knock you out. But if you take the switchbacks and it seems like I'm not going toward my goal right now, but you keep that vision in mind and that path turns back around and then, and eventually get you there. So sometimes it doesn't feel like I'm on my path to success when I just cut my income or I took you know, I took a step right. that feels crazy to my friends and family. And then we get into the scarcity mongers again. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And that, that goes to my, actually, I'll skip one. Well, the next uh, pillar is alignment. A lot of people are in search of, or they use this term work-life balance. And that assumes that life and work are separate, but they're the same. And a lot of people talk about balance. And, you know, I think of someone on a tightrope trying not to fall off and die. Mm -hmm. And if that's how you're living life, I wouldn't say that's a really free and fulfilled life, but to skip forward to what you talked about, the switchbacks, the next pillar after that is outcomes, becoming radically outcomes focused. Where every You reverse engineer that vision so that every year, every month, every week, every day, you identify three, just three. And if you're doing more than that, it's turning into a task list. It's a key outcomes. You become so radically outcomes focused that you clearly know what it takes to win the day. And to your point, if that means going parallel, to the summit instead of straight at the summit, at least you know why you're doing it and where why? you're going. Yeah. And so you identify every day, every week, every month, every year, how you're going to win that time. And winning means you're moving toward your vision uh, to get there. The fifth one is real quick. It's flow. It's getting in that state of flow. It's the cumulative effect of living the first four pillars. Flow. Love that. It's the, it's the analogy that popped into my mind immediately was cash flow. <laughs> when you got positive cash flow, sure, that's good. It means you're producing more than you consume. Yeah. And in life, actually, one of my forthcoming books, Kurt, you're going to love this one, Happynomics. Nice. And it's about the positive flow of human life, which has a direct correlation to economics that we won't get into in this conversation. <laughs> but you're right. It's the cumulative effect of getting those other pillars aligned. Uh, well, alignment is one of the pillars. Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, you think, of a, you think of a river, when you dam it up and you throw boulders in the river, it doesn't flow as easily. It's right. like that with economics. Capital flows to the places where it can flow most easily. When you put over regulations, taxation, you know, getting into that, the water doesn't flow as well. Right. So if I'm tracking this, let me see if I got these five pillars correctly. Number one, unleashing your superpower. Yeah. Show up as that superhero. There's a reason why you've got them. Two, vision. Being clear about the purpose and where you're going. 
Three, I've got alignment. And that's really getting into the practical aspect that my daily activities are aligned with my vision. And number four, the outcomes in order to achieve these specific, got a peach instrument, specific outcomes. And then five is flow, which is kind of the strategic side effect of this whole process. Yeah. And that's the positive flow of human life. That's where you get to have that fulfillment that you talked about earlier. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. The, the alignment piece too, it's, it's, there's three facets to our life. There's relationships, there's self, and there's work. And you have to align your life in a way that works for you, but that aligns all three. Listen, if you're single, alignment's going to be different for you than it is for me. I have four kids. You know, I like to have certain days of the week off. I like to go to the beach with my kids on a Wednesday. You know, we homeschool our kids because everything is so radically aligned in our lives. But you got to find what works for you in that, in that regard. Right. Which brings up an important point. It's really easy to go on Facebook or Instagram or Pinterest and see how everybody else is doing it and thinking, oh, I should be doing it that way. What I'm hearing from you, Kurt, is that's not the case. Yours is going to be custom built for you. Right. And sure, there are some common principles that we can apply, but it's not going to look exactly like the family down the street. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's, you know, when you're a kid, people ask you, what do you want to be when you grow up? And you get, you know, my, I think my son said a movie director and a spy, right? Mm -hmm. Somewhere along the line, people stop asking us what we want to do, what we want our lives to look like. We stop asking it of ourselves. And a lot of folks I work with, you ask that simple question, wave a magic wand and starting tomorrow, what's the lifestyle you desire? That is the single toughest question I ask folks. They have so long resigned to the fact that they have to live a lifestyle by default, a lifestyle that someone else wants them to live instead of actually designing a life they actually want. And just even being asked that question is like a a bucket of cold water over their head. And sometimes it takes three months for them to come up with that answer. Right. Which is why we all need coaches. (laughs) Yeah. You and I both do this, Kurt. We're coaches for helping people to get out of their own way and achieve that life that they love. Kurt, you mentioned earlier your book, Five Pillars of the Freedom Lifestyle. Yes. Could you just share with us in our closing seconds here, how can people connect to you, get a hold of your book, maybe connect with your coaching programs? Where do we find you? Absolutely. If you go to fivepillarsoffreedom.com, it's a landing page on my website, so you can find all about me, but you can sign up now. The book is available for purchase. It'll be available on Amazon September 24th. You can right. sign up for book updates and receive chapter one absolutely free in your inbox at fivepillarsoffreedom.com. Fivepillarsoffreedom.com. Kurt Mercadante, bringing it again. Yes, thank you. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. I really enjoyed this discussion. Thank you so much for your contributions today. Folks, you've heard it from Kurt. Whatever you're feeling inspired to do, do that. Take some action. Uh, Kurt's here to help you. I'm here to help you. Connect with him. Keep listening to the show. Share it with someone else that you think would benefit. And now it's time to go live on purpose. Live on purpose.